Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness, a very special episode. I have the honor uh, today of welcoming Carol Jean Whittington from Mind Your... Uh, no, sorry, formerly known as Mind Your... The talk show formerly known as Mind Your Autistic Brain, now uh, known as Beyond Autistic Burnout. Welcome, Carol Jean. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, George. I'm just tickled to death to be here and having a conversation with you. We were just having so much fun before we hit record that, you know, it's like we were both like, oh my gosh, we got to remember to hit record. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same same feeling here. I'm really uh, excited and really honored to have you on, on, the, show, on the show today. Um, any, so I'm going to, uh, I guess I'm going to jump into my first question. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your talk show, uh, one of my favorites, by the way, that inspired me to start my own podcast, um, uh, Beyond now Beyond Autistic Burnout, uh, used to be Mind Your Autistic Brain, and uh, like, what, what, what led you to start the talk show, and you know, how was that whole process? Oh my goodness, so <laughs> we'd have to go back, just a freckle. Um, but the name of the company, my company is Mind Your Autistic Brain. And I thought, oh, that's a good way to kind of start. And that was the name of the talk show when I started. Yeah. And I, I didn't want it just to be like a podcast or just like a YouTube channel. I really am working towards, and I think I'm trying to elevate it each season, each episode. And I, I can't wait for the big launch Tuesday, October, um, August the 1st for the very first episode rebranded as beyond autistic burnout because you know that's kind of part of the journey george i think for me and i think yeah. I, I think everybody that i talk that talk to that hosts a podcast sort of has the same evolutionary journey it's like we start in this one place and then through the conversations that we have through the episodes and the guests that we have on the show uh, our own awareness and then just sort of as we start to discover more about ourselves especially in late identified life we learn more about us. We learn, we get more clarity through the contrast of the conversations that we have, you know, different perspectives and things like that. And for me, everything has always been about burnout, but it took a little bit for me to really get to the essence of what I wanted to really convey to other people and what my passion and mission and purpose in life was, because I had to get really clear on it. And it was, I have gotten to this other side. Because there was a place in my life where I thought, I am just doomed to experience some degree of burnout mm. for the rest of my life. And this is just how it's going to be. Mm. And that was a really hard, sucky, really hopeless place to be and to feel. Yeah. But there, there was this little part. There was this little freckle, mm -hmm. this little tiny drop, this little crack in the, in the door where some light was coming in. And I went, nope, I don't have to accept that. I refuse to accept that. Yeah. And that started my restoration journey seven years ago. And when I started to get to this, like really kind of get this consistent, sustainable energy. And it wasn't just like in the beginning, it was sort of like this hit or miss ebb and flow. It's like some days I was have, I would have like bursts of energy or two or three days mm. or maybe a couple of weeks, you know, as it, yeah. as I started to find different ways. And at that point, 
it would, I would almost be afraid. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's working, but I'm scared it's going to go somewhere. Don't go anywhere. Right. And so then you're like caught in the fear of like wanting to like hold on to every minute of, you know, executive function that's showing up. Right. Yes. The hyper-focus. Yeah. Right. And you know, your last episode in 113, we're talking about time blindness. Yeah. And that's something that I've had my whole life, and that's just part of who I am and how my brain works and my perception of time. But I had no idea. I had no idea for decades. I mean, I was over 40 before I realized this. And, you know, that, that's that been the same journey for so many different elements of the unveiling of, of me, right? And that's why I, the name of my program is called the Unveiling Method, yeah. uh, because we're we're un- we're unveiling, we're uncovering all of these facets and these beautiful gems of ourselves, and a lot of those gems have been covered in a lot of crud, yeah. a lot of heartache and belief, and sort of the way the world responded to us, and then the way that we responded because we thought we were failing or we thought we were broken, and. The shift to the the new name, the rebrand of the show, is because I feel so very strongly about making sure that nobody else sits in that place where I was, where I thought, this is just it. I have to accept the fact that I'm going to be in some degree of burnout forever, and it's beyond autistic burnout. It's the hope of letting other people know it's possible. There is something beyond this. There's more to life. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful because um, I have found myself in that situation a lot of times where I felt like it was just, you know, it was something I was going to have to deal with, like, for, like, in the long term, for, for the long term, um, that I was going to have these, these um, periods where I go into this state where I can't I can barely function where it's like even like menial tasks around the house become uh, a lot Uh, so but then it was like you know uh, when I started to consume several resources and including your podcast um, it was really helpful you know realizing that it doesn't have to be like that and we we can learn like through better understanding ourselves and then unmasking and also unveiling. And I like how you talk about how unmasking is not just unmasking, like taking off a mask. It's really like unveiling your true self because you've been masking for so long that you lose touch of who you really are. I love that. And you know, George, that's the thing that we have to remember in this in this journey that we're on you know we're not we're in this individually but we're also in this collectively and when we're approaching our life and for so many of us you know even for decades we were approaching it from a very disempowered place because we did think we were doing it wrong and we didn't understand or Mm -hmm. or or have an awareness or or know that you know hey your brain's wired differently, but hey, here's here's the, the second part to that. It is not just our brain that is neurodistinct. It is our bodies that are neurodistinct because yeah. so many of us in our population also have co-occurring health conditions that are are very much in 
alignment yeah, with our right. neurotype. Sure. And that that's part of when we're talking about the, mm-hmm. the burnout journey. Yeah. Especially for us, and, and I say spicy burnout mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's not your your regular run of the mill burnout. We got the spicy. We got the yeah, spicy level, mm-hmm. and I talk about the the five levels of spicy burnout, yeah. and you know, level one's the poblano pepper. Um, that's when you've got just a little a little freckly heat going on. You've got a few, maybe more demands or more stress. You know, when we work our way up to uh, jalapeno, and then we have cayenne pepper, then we have habanero, where you are, like, on mm. fire. Your mouth is flaming. And then we got the ghost pepper, level five, where you're so hot, you're not. Yeah. You know, that's where usually, like, shutdown is coming in pretty heavy. This is yeah. where, like, all things come to a screeching halt. Kind of like what you were talking about. It's yeah. like... Yeah, it, I'm, I'm laying here. I, I've sat here. I'm kind of feel like you're stuck sometimes. You know, it's almost like you're not in your own body. You're just sort of existing. Yeah, and, just like floating, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we're, you know, and that's one of the things that I really have a very specific mission around is to help our community and, and everyone that, that listens to my show or that I get to meet when I do a lot of these, you know, in-person events. And that is to go, Hey, you have the authority and the agency. You're the leader in your very best thriving life. And you are empowered to make the decisions and the choices and to tell people what you need. Yeah. You don't need permission. Yeah. That's it. That's what's the, I feel like that's what a lot of people, I see a lot of people continuously struggle with is that block the blockage and I and because it comes from all this conditioning you know that we're told like it's the trauma that we develop because we're told from an early age that we're lazy that we're not trying hard enough um that we just have to work harder and because there's just such I mean now thankfully thanks to like podcasts and talk shows like ours and and many others it's I feel like the the narrative and the paradigm is beginning to change, but um, yeah, it's just it's unfortunate that there's still like not enough understanding out there. But but it, it just makes me hopeful when I remember that we are we and many others are are changing the narrative. That's the beautiful thing is that it's also about empowering other people to join so that together Mm -hmm. you know we're we're collectively a much louder voice yes and not necessarily loud in volume but in impact because i look at everything from what's the ripple effect yeah you know i have i have passion drivers that i absolutely have they have been life-changing so in december my friend kira day has um a business called the passion center and so I went through her program called the seven days to passion. And this is where you, she helps you go through and find your passion drivers, the things that motivate you from like a heart perspective. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, one of those, you know, it's, it's awe is mm. one of my number one passion drivers. And that is that I see the beauty. I see the light in each person and I see the, the potential of what that is. And then I see this other one and I'm like, oh my goodness, look, these two, these two sparks, these two lights, they're amazing and they need to meet. So then I love to connect. Like that's my next one is the discovery of Mm -hmm. people and connecting them. And then it's combustion because when I introduce those two people, those two lights, those sparks, 
they're going to combust and ignite and they're going to ripple out and do amazing things in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I love about my show is that's my intention with that is who can I bring on? Who can I introduce my audience to? Who do they connect with that? Like, Oh my gosh, that's my person. Because for so many of us, we've been isolated and felt really alone and like nobody got us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's so rewarding when I get emails from listeners um, talking about how much uh, my podcast has made them feel seen and like understood, like that someone else relates, like, you know, beyond like you being able to understand more about yourself. It's like feeling that like, oh my gosh, there are other people that relate to the same experiences that I have, um, I think it, it seems to me, uh, it tends to be really powerful. I mean, it was really powerful for me, and I know it tends to be really powerful for a lot of people. Oh, most definitely. And, you know, that's actually one of the things that brings energy in. So when yeah. we're talking about burnout, we're talking about an energy deficit that's consistently occurring over time. Right. And one of the beautiful things about learning more about yourself is also being able to identify where your energy comes in. So knowing how to consistently bring energy in and effectively manage the energy you have, it's the fastest and most effective way to get out of burnout and lead your authentic thriving life and your career. Because when we have an 80 to 85% underemployment and unemployment rate in our community, that is one of my biggest impact areas. Mm-hmm. That is the area that I want to shift that number. Yeah. And the reason I believe that the majority of us are underemployed or unemployed, yes, there's all, there has absolutely a lot to do with accessibility and the current work culture and things like that. But I also think that the other biggest factor, and I probably think this trumps even the environment because I think the environment mm-hmm. contributes to it, but I think it's burnout. Yeah, I know. So how do we ever expect to get out of burnout and lead our authentic thriving life and career without knowing how to consistently bring energy in and effectively manage the energy we have, right? How do we do that? And you just mentioned one of the ways that I teach in my unveiling method in Mm -hmm. restoration, and that is social rest. Yes. Because think about when we're, when you were just describing how it feels when you're like, oh my gosh, somebody doesn't just get me. Like I feel connected, right? You, there's a physical experience that we get. It's like this warm, almost energizing feeling. Yeah. And that's one of the ways we can bring energy in is when we're finding our folks. Yes, exactly. Yes. It feels so good. It, it's just, yeah, it's that kind of connection that it's like hard to describe and I have an interesting little story. I have this friend of mine. uh, We've been friends since like kindergarten, maybe even a little bit before that. And um, we always got along like really well. Like since those days, it was interesting because it's like for both of us, like with the other kids, we didn't get along so well. But with uh, each other, we got along super well. It was always like that. And we had no idea at the time, like, if we were neurodivergent. And then later on, it turns out that we're, we both get diagnosed 
uh, autistic and ADHD. And it's like, wow, of course we got along so well. It, and then I have friends now, like I have some neurodivergent friends in my acting circle. And it's the same kind of thing. Like when I talk to them, it's this just different kind of level of connection. It's just where we just get each other and our experiences. And like, we don't even have to do a lot of explaining or masking. Cause it's just like, we just get it. So yeah. I, I call that the shorthand. shorthand. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it's so fun because there it, it's like when you do improv, right. It's, it is a whole different level of like riffing yeah. on a, like where one one scene starts and just as you unfold it yeah. when you're within your neurokin, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because we're not worried about like, it, I, I, I think of it as like the ADHD um, style of chatting. It's like we're not even worried about like where the conversation is going to go. Like when I, because when I talk to my neurotypical friends, I find myself like, scripting a lot and like okay no but i i well i should talk about and well they expect it like to be more like structured but when i talk to like my adhd friends we're just talking and like we're just talking about whatever and it's just coming and flowing and it's fun you know and yeah oh i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the best it was so funny yeah. that you said that because this morning um so my coaching partner in Her Brain Connection mm -hmm. Lab is Dr. Ali Arena. Mm -hmm. And so we talk, you know, yeah. pretty much every day mm -hmm. on the phone or we Zoom. You know, we're, we're co-authoring a book that's coming out next yeah. year from my publishing company, Hyperlexic Publishing, oh, which is all about accessibility for mm -hmm. ADHD autistic brains. So my book that's coming out September 1st is published by Hyperlexic, and it includes all of the accessibility things that we need when we're in burnout. Because the way that we process and the way that we digest and take in information can change day to day, moment to moment. So it's not just about having, you know, a book that you can read digitally or actually touch in a tactile book, but it's also having open dyslexic font because so many of us are also dyslexic yeah. and have varying degrees of dyslexia. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. And we've got that. You know, having an audio version is fantastic, but there's a lot of us that some days I have an auditory processing delay and late in the afternoon, it's a lot harder for me. So mm. there's also a video version with live captions for yeah. the book. So you can pick up and listen, watch, read, however best works for you, um, which is, was really important to me. And the whole reason I started Hyperlexic Publishing was because I couldn't find a publisher who was willing to create and provide all of those accessibility features for one price. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, well, I guess I'll just do it myself because <laughs> it wow. needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. So my book is entitled Unleashing Sustainable Energy, a Strategic Approach to Transforming Spicy Burnout for ADHD Autistic oh, wow. Professionals. And as Allie and I were talking earlier today on the phone, we were on this one topic, we were on this one little thread, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she said, well, hang on. She goes, I don't know why this popped in my head, but it just did. And she shared it, and I was just like, this is just us. This yeah. is how we do it. Yeah, you know, we go from we one topic to a million, and we just did that as a perfect example of how we roll. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely how we roll. Absolutely. Um, my next question for you is, um, has embarking, so this is more like, I guess a general question. Um, 
has embarking on this late identified autism and ADHD journey helped you look at your past with a clearer and more compassionate lens? I don't know if I could say clearer <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. Uh, trauma being one of those uh, and, and chronic cycle burnout, which also impacts our long-term memory. So there are areas of my life where I'm, I'm like, I know I lived because I see pictures and I existed, but I can't tell you what happened during that time. I was in such a bad burnout. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they come to me and we start working together and we start unpacking the history of their burnout as we yeah. look through their chronic cycle burnout loops, um, that's a very common experience. But for me, number one, getting the identification that I was autistic at 39 and 10 months, I was identified and diagnosed with ADHD when I was in my mid-20s. Mm. So I knew that, but it never really quite made sense to me. And I did lots of different ADHD uh, medications to try and help with focus. And some of those did, and it was kind of crazy because I was in college in a lecture hall for art history. And I remember sitting there and I caught myself and I had been taking this one medication about two weeks and I was sitting there and I went, Oh my gosh, my mind is quiet. I didn't realize it was so loud, <laughs> but of course also being a neurodistinct body, uh, I have pots and other things. So uh, that didn't last for very long because it really started to mess with my heart rate and blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. But, but at least I then had like the understanding that my brain could be quiet in some way. So, um, but the biggest piece for me, because ADHD didn't quite answer all the questions. It was like some stuff still was missing, you know? Hmm. I still felt like this is it, but it's not all of yeah. it. And then when I was 39 and 10 months, I was going through the autistic diagnostic process with my eldest son. He was 10 at the time. Oh. And the, we've been going back and forth several hours away to this neuropsychologist that had been referred to us. And I had answered all the questions, you know, as the parent from my child. And as I'm yeah. reading through the questions, I'm thinking, well, I knew that. That's normal. That's not weird. It's different. You know, yeah. none of this was like registering, right? Yeah. He had not yet dropped for me. I was kind of slow on the uptake with this. And we'd gone back, and this had been a couple of weeks and probably months at this point. And we go back to get the assessment. And he was going over everything. He's like, you know, your son is autistic. This is where he's had challenges. And this is where he does really well, blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you were missed. You know, his little half glasses and salt pepper hair and his little sport coat. He was super little cute guy. Looks like a little kind of professor. And a very literal brain response. I went, I wasn't missed. Nobody missed me. I'm right here. Okay. <laughs> he just wow. kind of smiled. He yeah. looked at me and he goes, you need to come back and see me. And I was like, okay, still hadn't quite processing, right, auditory. And I'm wow. late in the day. Yeah. It hadn't quite hit yet. And he keeps going, and I guess it's probably felt like maybe five or ten minutes into the conversation. And then all of a sudden, the penny dropped, so to speak. And I went, hold on a minute. Wait, are you saying I'm autistic? And he said, you really need to come back and see me. You can make an appointment on your way out. <laughs> Wow. And at that point, it was just like the light bulb went on and every, it was, it was almost like one of those images that you see in a movie mm -hmm. where everything, all of the parts, just like you yeah. see the flashbacks of yeah. all the images of everything <laughs> making sense, right? That was that moment. And 
as I started to like process that, I thought if I was quote unquote missed Mm -hmm. and I know how much I struggled and I know how hard things were for me, I want to make sure that my son doesn't have those same struggles. So I like poured everything, all of my being into making sure I was doing all the stuff. Thank gosh, no ABA. Mm -hmm. We had a really progressive, very well versed uh, physician that diagnosed him who did not suggest that. I mean, holy cow. And he was a lot older. So I was really kind of surprised. I was like, because I didn't know anything about that at the Mm -hmm. time. And um, so, you know, we did vision therapy and occupational therapy and integrated listening system and, you know, all of the stuff and IEP things for school. And I hit this wall where I was probably in the worst burnout of my life. And at that point I said, I've got to figure out what being autistic means to Mm. me and figure out how to live the life that I know and what I want. And that I know I'm supposed to have to some degree that I can feel it, but I haven't ever experienced it because I've always been so damn tired. Yeah. Or overwhelmed or just Mm -hmm. shutting down or whatever else. But at that moment, it was compassion for myself for the first time. It was not being so hard, not being so mean, not being so critical. It was, you haven't screwed up and you haven't failed. You've been going uphill and you didn't know it. that's something that I I feel the same about like it just I I think back on those years like when I was in school didn't know that I was neurodivergent didn't know that I you know my mind and body worked and processed everything differently and I think you know it there is a little bit of grief that that happens I think you know for all of us like so many moments like to this day even being in a better place about it I I do wonder like oh my gosh what if I if I knew like with this specific teacher with this specific class like 16 years ago or 10 years ago oh my gosh if I knew about this and if I had asked for this accommodation like would it have been different I don't know but you know I know that everything eventually you know everything led to where it led and eventually I did get diagnosed and then for me it was interesting because there was a period that I didn't I mean, um, it was a quite a significant period that I didn't research anything. I didn't read much about it or look m- a lot into it. I, I had, so my original diagnosis, um, it was in 2010. I was living in Sao Paulo, Brazil, because my, mom, my mom's family is uh, all from there, and I was born there, but I also... Um, I now live in the Bay Area because my dad's family is from here. But anyways, we were living in Brazil. It was 2010. I was 16. And I got, like, my family had been noticing that I had had um, some struggles at school, like, mostly socially. 
um, but also with certain subjects. And that's like a classic ADHD thing. It's like there were subjects that I really liked that I did well in. And then there were subjects that I didn't like that I was struggling. Um, and, and then so we knew that there were some differences, perhaps some like struggles, perhaps some support needs. And eventually, I, and I was referred by one of my therapists to a neurological clinic. And uh, they did like an assessment, like one of those week long assessments where you have to go in several times. Um, there's like a bunch of like exercises and, and tests and stuff that they make you do. Um, and then I did get diagnosed with what was called Asperger's syndrome at the time. Um, and I, I think like many of us, that's the only term that I knew to use. So that's the term that I used. And now I know like all the problematic history behind it and uh, why it's called just autism now. And I even did an episode about it, episode 20, um, of this podcast. Um, but I remember just not really looking much into it for quite a long time. Like I had this diagnosis. I knew roughly what it, all I knew about it really. The only way I saw it or what, what I understood was that it meant that I had higher um, than normal intelligence in certain areas and that I had uh that i had struggles socially like with social communication and such which are you know the, those are things that i have but there's like there's so much more to autism than that and then once i like started um it was actually maybe eight years after that roughly I started working with a therapist that was a lot more neurodiversity affirming than my previous therapist and had a lot of understanding about neurodiversity herself through having a lot of neurodivergent family members. Um, she had done a lot of research and learning like after um, grad school where she unfortunately, you know, in the regular, uh, in psychology school, it's still not not taught a lot but um she she knew a lot about it and so she told me about it and she gave me some resources um and i just started and then she used this analogy that i really like that resonated so hardly with me um intensely uh which is that being neurodivergent you kind of speak a different language um, like there's a neurotypical language and then there's your language and it's kind of like you're having to constantly translate in your head. Um, and so one of the things that she still helps me with to this day is translating certain situations, like something happens with a friend or a, a family member or someone in the professional world and they're neurotypical and I'm neurodivergent and I have no idea okay, but what, what did they really say? What do they mean? What are they trying to communicate with this? And she'll kind of help me understand that. Um, and I think it was just so helpful, like the way she said it, that it's like, 
the neurotypical language like when you're neurodivergent like you can learn it as a second language and it's like you can use it it can be really helpful communicating with neurotypicals but it's never going to be your first language and i don't know i just felt it was like so um resonating like deeply resonating the way she said that Oh, most definitely. I mean, it's, there's so much to just the gap in communication (laughs) between humans in general, (laughs) from one human to another, regardless of Mm -hmm. their neurotype. But when we talk about also different processing and and how our brain, because it's not just our brain, it's our Mm -hmm. bodies, it's also processing communication, you know, our nervous systems, and we are wired as most, the majority of us are, are really wired as, as sensory sensitive folks, and that's directly tied and tapped into our nervous system. So we pick up on the vibe of the room yeah. before we've ever walked in, right? Yeah, that's why we're God. really good performers because yeah. we can pick up on the, the energy um, in communication. And that can be really overwhelming for so many of us, especially when we don't know, um, because it's not just the language, you know? So for you growing up in Brazil, I mean, you speak Portuguese as well as English. So, you know, it's also kind of like taking that context and then going also, well, there's also cultural differences, right? Yeah. It's the same within our our neurotype. There's Mm -hmm. language and cultural differences in how we communicate. And, and so just like when we learn any type of language, we're also learning the culture that goes with the language. And, um, you know, that's, I, Allie and I created the neurodiverse communication ecosystem and we help in her brain connection lab, we help couples, um, friendships, mm-hmm. romantic relationships of all neurotypes be the same or, or different variations of neurotypes in a relationship. How are we communicating? Yeah. What's the culture in your specific communication, right? Mm. And how do we start to, to have more compassionate curiosity between us so that we can find what we're both trying to convey to the other person. Yeah. Because most humans we're, we're conveying our heart and our intention, but how it gets delivered and interpreted is where it usually goes sideways. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. There's so many times that I think back on it's like, wow, I was trying to communicate this certain thing while I was saying these words to this person, but they perceived it completely differently than i was intending yeah so it's, oh totally yeah and it, and the thing yeah. that we miss too and mm-hmm. i love that we're kind of going here george is the other element is how burnout impacts your relationships and communication yeah because when you're in burnout <laughs> you have a lot less resources to pull from so okay. for a lot of us it's sometimes i'm going to be a direct communicator yeah. And I'm just going to give you what you need to move forward. And I'm not going to give you any of the fluffy stuff. And if your partner kind of needs some of the fluffy feely, kind of like, how was your day? How are you doing? And you just go right into what the task is and how mm-hmm. to move forward for mm-hmm. dinner or whatever you got going on. Yeah. Then you got the feelings and the conflict because the story we're telling ourselves is, oh, they're angry. Or they're mad. It's like, no, I'm tired. I don't yeah. have the bandwidth. That's to communicate right. yeah. all the touchy feeling, even though I want to, mm-hmm. my heart knows you need it, mm-hmm. but I don't have the space for it. Mm-hmm. And burnout impacts a lot of different elements of our life, um, as well as our sex drive. 
you know, and be whatever your sex drive is. Cause some people, you know, are like, Hey, I'm asexual and really I'm romantic. You know, some people are asexual and romantic. So you've got all these different variables that come into our particular experience in the world. And we got to talk about all of those things when we're talking about burnout and restoration, we're talking about communication, you know, we've got to layer in all of these things. And that's what I've developed over the last seven years in the unveiling method is what are all these elements? What are these things that we don't see? What are the things that we're unveiling that really impact the energy we're bringing in, how we're managing effectively the energy that we have so that we're living and leading the life that we want and the relationships that we want right yeah absolutely that that is really it resonated uh, a lot with me like relationships and communication and direct communication and being able being confident and able to directly communicate how you're feeling with people is so helpful because it it really um, leaves very little room for misunderstanding and miscommunication, which can then lead to feelings getting intensified and bubbling up and then, you know, potentially blowing up on either side of a relationship. Um, so... Yeah, that that is just that's one of the the things that um for me too like it 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 started to really change my relationships when I became more confident in just expressing like hey, so I need you to do this like I even with my like close family like with my mom like there was like um Sometimes because of like my rejection sensitive dysphoria, like if she oh I feel you <laughs> if I say something <laughs> and she doesn't like respond in the way that I because like I'm hoping for this kind of like reassuring response or something, and if she responds in a way that feels neutral or vague, it's gonna like make me nervous. It's gonna make me very anxious and nervous, and I'm gonna be like having that bubbling inside and then so recently I was able to communicate oh I just you know to ask more directly like oh what do you think or would you you know um do you agree or something like that and then being able to also voice I just need reassurance and that you know and then it feels good too because it's like I I mean it feels like we're so at least for me, like, I've been so conditioned to not say it, to not say, oh, like, set boundaries, and to not say, oh, I need reassurance, I need this, I need that, you know, this is helpful for me. Um, and, and then now I'm more comfortable doing that, and I'm also realizing that a lot of these accommodations and such benefit not just neurodivergent people, but they benefit everyone. Um, and you yeah. just hit one of the most critical and key components of getting out of burnout. Yeah. And that is being able mm -hmm. to identify your needs. 
Yeah. And for most humans, we, we think we have about five basic needs that we have to get met, like food, shelter, clothing, you know, safety, financial security, mm-hmm. water, those types of things, right? Yeah. Those are like the mm-hmm. basic stuff we take off the box. And we usually focus on those physiological needs. However, there's 30 basic human needs mm-hmm. in, in lots of different categories. And that's one of the, the tools that I created within the unveiling method is we have a needs reflection form. And I have a masterclass that is part of an incredible bundle for an event that I have coming up. So this will be the third annual self-care September this year. And I'm super excited because every year I've evolved and done it a little bit differently. I've taken whatever the community has brought. Um, I did workshops uh, the first year, and then I really dove in and we did longer segment workshops last year. This year, it is a whole experience day. So in conjunction with the launch of the book unleashing sustainable energy on saturday september 30th it is an entire day of energize and restore the experience day and you're not just having an online experience day i am bringing in adhd autistic instructors who are sharing their zone of genius and how they energize and restore every day so that we're experiencing along with them and because i love to give gifts i am all about a gift it comes with an experience day gift box and in the gift box as you go throughout the experience day there's going to be a little something that corresponds to it so we have spiky rings uh stem tools from kaiko fidgets from joe Seyman. and she's gonna she's an occupational therapist she's also an adhd human she's late identified too and joe's going to be coming on and sharing you know how can we use stem tools how are we experiencing bringing it in and she's going to demonstrate and we're going to use one and that's one of the, I'm, I'm only given a few of the sneak peeks for a few of the items, but everything in the box I've curated, I've personally selected. They're things that I have bought and it's all from ADHD autistic business owners because I believe in supporting our community. That's wonderful. And those tickets go on sale August the 1st. Fantastic. Um, I'll definitely be, do you have a link that I can put? In? I do. I've got the link. So I'm going to share that with you, and we have um, all of our VIP and Unveilers community gets early access because there are a limited number of seats for this event because my goal is I want this really incredible, transformative day where people get to come and experience what does bringing energy in and restoring feel like for me in different ways? And as part of the foundation and the framework, because I, as my autistic brain works, I'm all about a framework and a strategy, right? And the structure. Mm-hmm. And there's, I teach the seven forms of restoration other than sleep. And so in this, you're going to be experiencing all seven forms that I teach in rest, how you bring energy and restore. And it is just phenomenal because when we talk about needs, really what we're doing is bringing energy in, we're restoring and we're identifying what that is. So there are eight massive bonuses that come with this ticket for the beyond self for the beyond experience day. And that is all about energizing and restoring. And it includes my four biggest tools from the unveiling method, including your needs reflection form, your sensory profile assessment, because your sensory profile is different in burnout than it is in your thrive. And you need to know what it is, because that's one of the biggest places that we either bring energy in or energy is being drained out. And so I help you identify that and you get that. And it comes with a copy of my book. 
Fantastic. Wow. Wonderful. 90 days of follow-up coaching because October, November, and December are the three most stressful months of the year for most people. And when most people say they hit burnout or they hit the worst burnout. So after your experience day, you get 90 days of follow-up coaching with me. And I'm also going to be bringing in special guests throughout that time so that you aren't getting in that energy deficit. And you're being able to really kind of come back and practice what you learned in that experience day. It is going to be amazing. And I cannot wait because it culminates in January because you get another bonus. You get an all-access pass and the VIP two-day pass to my Nail Your Number One Need Masterclass in January. Wow, that that's amazing. I mean, I I know so many people, including myself, that I, I feel like would really benefit from that. So I'm just really happy to wow to be able to to like be able to share that with everyone because I think that's what a lot of people need. You know, like being able to understand burnout in a to really understand it in depth you know like more than just the surface because like even for for myself like when I listen to your talk show and when I when I uh when I talk when I'm talking to you now I'm I'm just I learn more and more about burnout myself so um Heck yes, that makes me so happy. (laughs) If I can help share what I've learned and help give other people tools and resources to start seeing those things in their life, because it's not because you did it wrong. It's not because you're failing. It's not because you're broken. It's just because you didn't know. It was covered up with a whole lot of stuff that we've all onboarded throughout our life. And when we can start to identify these things, that's where we go into this empowered place of I am now choosing. I'm now being able to identify what that need is. I'm able to say, you know, hey, mom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got some feelings going on here, and Mm -hmm. I need you to actually give me this specific kind of an answer, right? And that's one of the things, too, that when you were talking about, you know, the rejection sensitivity, oh, I got it. (laughs) You know, I grew up hearing, oh, you're so sensitive. You you wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, don't be so touchy, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And it was, there was so much. And when I was in burnout, it was worse. It was worse. And I didn't recognize why it was like, all of a sudden it was like the predominant thing in my life. It's like, and it feels awful when you think, you know, everybody is hurting your feelings on purpose and, and that, you know, you're, you're not good enough. And it feels worse because when you have less resources, the things that are already a a hard spot for you or a challenge or an unawareness that you have, those suckers get huge. They're like elephant size. I, I can certainly relate to that, particularly you were talking earlier about sensory profiles. Um, mm-hmm. And that makes so much sense. Like I never thought of it that way that you have one sensory, one kind of sensory profile when you're not in burnout. And then you have a completely different one when you are, because I had been noticing and hearing like from other neurodivergent people too that like when we're really tired like when we don't get enough sleep um 
then our our sensory sensitivities for that day are or the week or, or however long it is that we're in this um kind of burnout or that we're having insomnia um it it's so intensified it's not it's like a, a, like you said it's like a completely different profile and that's been something that i've been really realizing more about myself and my sensory sensitivities it is like so many um like so much of our neurodivergence or our neurodistinctness uh i feel like it it's very dynamic it, it goes up and down and ebbs and flows and fluctuates depending on the day so it's like there are days where it may appear like i don't have sensory uh, sensitivities and then there are days where it may be more evident that I'm having a lot of sensory sensitivities and uh, there are days that I'm sensitive to like the smallest little sounds or impacts or like the sound of someone chewing next to me which might not bother me on a typical day will bother me a lot when I'm in overload <laughs> and burnout. oh my goodness yes yeah. <laughs> and you know there's a, there's a lot to this so when we're talking about our sensory profile we're, we're looking at not just five senses, we're looking at seven. Mm -hmm. Because we also have our vestibular, our balance, that's yeah. a really big part, yeah. and our proprioception, how we experience mm -hmm. that within our body, yeah. right? Where do we perceive our body to be in relation to gravity and the rest of space and the yeah. world, right? And so when we're looking at our sensory profile in burnout, first of all, it just to kind of know where you are in the moment mm -hmm. because as as you're moving down the spicy scale um i've been conducting the spicy burnout global research project for the last three years just so you know so everybody can mm -hmm. feel like we are all in the boat together 100 percent of all respondents say that they experience a sensory heightened sensitivity in burnout oh. now here's the thing with your sensory profile, you can experience hypersensitivity, where everything is like super sensitive, and hyposensitivity, where you kind of numb out to it. Yeah. And you and we mm -hmm. can experience those two things simultaneously. Ah, so exactly. it might be that, hey, I can listen to my favorite music blaring really loud in my headset, and I'm all good to go. But the dog starts smacking her lips after she drank water, and I am about to mm. Everything hurts. That's right. And I don't notice the buzzing sound in the next room that sometimes I notice because all of a sudden I'm not numb. I'm numbed out to that. Like it's not paying attention because there's other things yeah. that are more present. And the difference between your sensory profile in burnout versus thrive is this for us. We can have auditory sensitivities, let's say, as an example. And in burnout, let's just say most days it's on a 10 out of 10. It is way the heck up there. However, when we're in Thrive and we've moved out of burnout and we're in a consistent restoration period, we still experience those auditory sensitivities. It's the degree to which we experience it that may be different. So it may be a 10 out of 10 in burnout most days, but it might be a three when you're mm -hmm. in Thrive. So it'll go yeah. away, mm -hmm. but the, the way to the degree to which we experience it changes. Oh, that makes sense. I see. And now when it lessens, yeah. mm -hmm. that's a less of an energy drain. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This is, wow, this is like so much, 
great information that I've been able to get and, and I'm sure all the listeners are really resonating with as well. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty much, I don't have any other questions to ask. Oh, actually, I have two very special questions to close us off. Um, I wanted oh, good. To, yeah, um, I wanted to ask you the questions that you always ask your guests at the end of your show. Uh, the first one, what is the most, what has been the most gratifying part of this journey? And then the second one, what has been the most challenging part of this journey for you? Mm. The most gratifying part of this journey is getting to where I am today. Taking everything that I've experienced in my life, the good, bad, the ugly, the hairy, scary, <laughs> the rock bottoms, the, the good stuff, because there were good stuff too. And all of the challenges, all of the things that I had had to figure out on my own because you know when I was identified there was nothing it was kind of like you know here's a few pamphlets you've made it this far good for you keep going and I was on that cusp where they said I had Asperger's mm. versus being autistic right yeah. and um so for me the most gratifying part is what I do today and where I am today and that's being able to give hope to shine the light and that's part of my campaign mm. is the shine a light campaign um to shine a light on on the hope and what is possible that there is life beyond burnout and that we don't have to live that way forever. The hardest part was those really bad burnouts, those really hopeless points, those places where I just wanted to hit the escape button because it was just too much, but I didn't really want to. And that started at the age of six and those moments, Mm -hmm. those are seared into my memory, you know, I can remember the room and the space and the exact conversation and, you know, mm. the way my mom's Sierra perfume smelled when she put her arm around me when I was just sobbing inconsolably. Mm. And those were probably the hardest moments because I thought, I don't know how to do this and I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not lovable because I'm not doing it right. You know, like, I mean, thank you for, first of all, thank you for sharing. And I feel like that's very relatable to a lot of us, like, um, feeling broken and not understanding ourselves. Um, but, you know, we have, I, I, you know, not to not end on a, on a sad note, you know, we have so many great people and resources out there now um and and um including you know this podcast and your talk show and all your resources and yeah no that 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 is what makes me happy and and hopeful um yeah so uh, Absolutely. Any, yeah. And you know, I'm going to, because I agree with you. I don't want anybody to leave like mm-hmm. on a sad or a low note because that is the unveiling. That's the transformation. Because we don't get to where we're going without some contrast. Yeah. And contrast is usually messy and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
for most of us, we can go, well, heck, my whole life has been messy and uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> from the itchy tag and the scruffy clothes to the weird textured food people try to feed me. Yeah, oh my goodness. The humming, oh my God. The humming lights and all this oh stuff. Oh right? my God, to this day, but the food. All I know, right? But all of it has brought you to this moment right now. And in this moment, if you just take a deep breath in with me, or whatever's comfortable for you, drop your shoulders because I know they've probably been up around your eyeballs all day long folks and in this moment just hear these words you are complete already you are whole just as you are you are loved you are worthy and all that is meant for you is already yours your thrive is inevitable that that is very powerful i agree everyone everyone needs to hear that like i feel like everyone on this planet being neurodivergent or not definitely needs to hear that yes and if you want more of it and you want to be energized and you want to know how to restore and you want to come have a fun-filled day and get all the amazing goodness Get your ticket to the Energize and Restoration Experience Day because I will be sending you a gift box that's filled with goodies and we're going to have an incredible day together and you are going to walk away knowing how to energize and support all the way through till January to keep going. Fantastic. And I'll I'll be sharing those links below. Um, Once again, I'm really looking forward forward to it. I'd I'm planning to to join um because i'm i'm really excited just you know based on this episode that we've had and i hope others join as well um because yeah i think it's so important to to so many people you know to really be able to understand themselves on a, on a deeper level that we ever really have um and it just has such a strong impact uh anyways uh before I go on a tangent, um, without further ado, um, thank you so much again for coming on, Carol Jean. I, I look forward to, uh, you know, sharing the, these links and, and, you know, sharing the podcast with, with you and everyone else, and then hopefully seeing you again very soon. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait. Thank you so much for having me, and I couldn't wait to have this conversation with you, George. You are always yeah. such a gracious host. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and maybe um, at some point in the near future, I, I could come on to your talk show as well. Oh, I already got it on my list. Awesome. <laughs> <That'd be> amazing. <laughs> uh, once again, thank you, Carol Jean. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next time.